Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market like I am every Sunday at 10 o'clock and I have for more than a decade giving WFLA News the update on everything that's going on in Tampa Bay real estate. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at The Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook. You can search for me personally on Facebook and Instagram as well, searching for Andrew Duncan. I'm The Andrew Duncan on Instagram and Andrew Duncan with the blue check mark on both. So it shouldn't be too hard to find me. There are not a lot of those out there with the blue check mark in Tampa. So I uh, would love for you to connect with me on social media as well. Um, excited to talk to you guys about everything that's happening in Tampa Bay. And first and foremost today, I want to talk about selling your home in 2024. Look, the real estate market the last years has been a bit of a roller coaster. We probably had our peak real estate market a couple of years ago, which was the you know kind of COVID post COVID real estate market that was, uh, frankly, the best real estate market we'd ever seen. And then that translated in 2023 with the rise of interest rates and the change in the economy to probably the slowest uh, real estate market uh, in in you know decades. And so while prices didn't drop, um, you know, substantially like we had seen in prior uh, slowdown real estate markets. Uh, as interest rates rose and it caused people to hold on to their homes and people had enough equity and there were enough options available to prevent foreclosures. And so foreclosures are what really caused the real estate market to suffer value loss. And and I don't think we'll ever see anything like we used to see again. The banks figured out how to exchange assets amongst each other and prevent homes from going to foreclosure and forbearance. And, and then, of course, they're much more stringent on the loan process. And then the amount of equity that people have, the amount of equity they would have to lose in order to not be able to sell their home and get out from under their mortgage. So that historic run-up has almost, in a sense, protected us. And fewer and fewer people have used home equity lines of credit and tapped into their equity. Um, so, so nonetheless, um, our real estate market has been on a bit of a roller coaster. So, you know, you had all these crazy bidding wars, and in 2023, a lot of that changed, um, and it was back to kind of more of a traditional real estate market. In 2024, it's it's going to be, um, you know, an improvement from last year in terms of transactions and activity because interest rates have softened. Um, it's an election year. There's a better, some better economic outlook, and Tampa still continues to thrive um, with population growth. So I want to talk to you about the new rules of selling a home in 2024. The first rule is if you're thinking about doing it and you're curious about your value, just go to DuncanDuo.com. You get a free home value estimate. You get to learn about what's going on in the market. We had the human element so that we can look at your home's value and determine if it's accurate. Sometimes the algorithms and the, and the data aren't perfect. It's why real estate agents have jobs. It's why a lot of us have jobs and haven't been replaced by AI because AI technology, while it's a an addition to a lot of industries, it, it isn't replacing us. Um, so the data oftentimes is off and, and adding the human element with us, you're going to get the data, but you're going to get a human element with someone reaching out to you just as a customer advocate and saying, hey, what can we learn about your house so we can update your value so you can get a more accurate number updated to you every single month? So you can do that at DuncanDuo.com. But so let's talk about some of the um, the old rules versus the new rule. The old rule was sell- sellers will be lucky to find a buyer. That was probably 2023 and some of 2022 as interest rates rose and the market shifted. The new rule is buyers are back and so are bidding wars. Inventory is still low while it's creeping up a little bit. It's still low, and we are seeing um, you know bidding wars happen again in certain price ranges and neighborhoods. So 
um, you know, the the reality is as prices rose but didn't rise dramatically in the last year, and interest rates have come down pretty considerably from the eights to the sixes now. Uh, a lot of people are predicting at some point this year we'll see interest rates in the fives. So that is fueling kind of a rebound because more, and it's what it's also fueling is more sellers that are living in homes and didn't want to give up their, you know, uh, 3% interest rate, they're much more likely to do that for a 5% interest rate than they are for an 8 So we're seeing some sellers come on the market uh, to move up or relocate or move down uh, that we weren't seeing uh, last year. The uh, old rule, your home doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, new rule, sellers have to work hard to make your house stand out. Obviously, there are plenty of opportunities to sell your home for cash. Um, we do this personally. We buy homes cash every single day. Um, you know, we make offers every day. I don't buy them every single day, but but we're constantly buying homes. We represent some large hedge funds that buy homes, and you you um, you certainly can sell your home for less than uh, what you could get on the retail market if you just don't want to do anything to it or you don't want it to be perfect. The more perfect you make it, the better your price is going to be. So the new rule is sellers have to work hard to make their house stand out. Um, you you definitely need to differentiate yourself. Uh, old rule, sellers may have to slash their price. New rule, patience may be key to getting a higher offer. So in a market where prices are rising a little bit, um, the, sometimes if you overprice the home, the market will catch up. Pricing the home from the jump is still very, very key, um, but people are taking a little bit longer to make decisions. Um, and, and certainly, um, sometimes it isn't necessarily just the price of the home, it's the marketing and different things. So, you know, the home not selling isn't always a condition of price. Old rule, sellers couldn't negotiate m- much. New rule, there's more room for haggling. Um, so, again, uh, sellers are in the driver's seat in a lot of neighborhoods in Tampa Bay. Old rule, don't sell now because you'll have a hard time finding your next home. New rule, now is as good a time ever to sell your home. Uh, activity's picking back up, which is driving more inventory. So you're going to have a few more options if you go to buy. Um, so the likelihood of you not finding a good home if inventory rises just a little bit. And when I say inventory rises, I don't I don't want anyone to get spooked and think, oh, we're going to have all these homes come on the market. Um, you know, we're hovering around like three months of inventory in a lot of neighborhoods across Tampa Bay. A balanced market is considered six. So we we can use a little bit more inventory without uh, changing our real estate market too much. And I believe we'll see that as the year goes on with more and more uh, home sellers deciding to trade up or trade down um, and and give up their you know three or four percent interest rate for a five or six percent interest rate that they wouldn't do for eight. And that will create inventory of homes on the market. So definitely um, some changes in our market this year. I think now more than ever, though, one of the things I've noticed the last couple of years, um, you know, prior to last year, a lot of people got into real estate and um, they probably were able to become more successful because the market conditions allowed it. It was a lot easier to sell a house when the market was on fire and interest rates were at 3%. As the market changed, a lot of those agents really didn't up their skill level, but they continued getting clients. And we're seeing more and more of those clients come to us dissatisfied that their home hasn't sold, more and more expired listings, more and more canceled listings, because those agents haven't been in a market um, you know, where, where there were challenges. They didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know how to get creative. You know, Having been around for 20 years in this business, uh, I've seen the ups and downs of every real estate market, so we know how to pivot 
and navigate and give our clients the right advice no matter what's going on in the real estate market. And now it's it's a a skill-based market where you really need to have an understanding of what to do to uniquely stand, you know, have a house stand out and how to market it, how to spend money on generating eyes and interest. Just like I'm spending money to sit here and talk to you today, I'm spending money to get exposure on our listings. And a lot of agents are cutting that as they had fewer home sales last year and, uh, and, and slower income. They're saying, okay, this year, what am I going to do? They're thinking, unfortunately, it's a poverty mentality because they're thinking, oh, I'm going to cut all these things so that I can be profitable. But those things that they cut are going to cause their homes not to sell and they're going to cause themselves not to get homes to sell. So unfortunately, there are a lot of people doing that right now and they're cutting the things that allowed them to be successful simply because they have to cut expenses because their business isn't doing what it was a couple of years ago. So fortunately, Having been around a long time, very well funded, and don't really have to be in a position where I have to make a lot of cuts to, to those types of things. So we're we're well positioned to be able to generate massive exposure for homes still, and a lot of agents just don't have the budget to keep up. So they're listing homes, and then homes are failing to sell. And we've, we've had a lot of those people, and if you're one of those people, hit us up at DuncanDuo.com. If your home expired, if it didn't sell, if you were dissatisfied with your real estate agent, um, you know we we specialize in helping homes that uh, have not sold with other agents. We have sold hundreds and hundreds, probably over thousands at this point, with with the you know the three billion in real estate I've sold of homes that were listed with other agents and didn't sell because it needed a different strategy, because it needed sometimes it needed a better price. Sometimes it needs more marketing to put behind it and a better approach or refreshed approach. So if your home didn't sell, again, hit us up at DuncanDuo.com. It is more and more common this year than it has been in prior years simply because now we're feeling those agreements that last six months or a year with a, with a listing company or in some ways three months, depending on the, the terms, those are now starting to expire because those were listings that were taken in 2023 from people that really hadn't been in challenging markets. And now those homes have failed to sell because the agent really didn't know how to adapt and pivot. So if you're one of those people and you want a new refreshed approach, we would love the opportunity to help you uh, get to the finish line in 2024. And and honestly, just look at it from a different approach. Um, there are oftentimes you look and we find data that's wrong. We don't like the order of the photos or there isn't enough video marketing or the target buyer for the property isn't locally and there's no advertising being um, utilized to get eyes on the property in other parts of the country. So there, there are a lot of different reasons why homes don't sell. Um, and, and sometimes it's simply the agent doesn't have the experience or the marketing knowledge because their success was predicated on a really hot real estate market that you know they could have put a sign in the yard and you know, done the three P's of real estate, put it in MLS, put it on a lockbox and pray, and it would have sold. And that just isn't the case anymore. So if you're one of those people, um, we would love the opportunity to help you in 2024. And you can go to DuncanDuo.com, fill out a form. You can call us or text us um, at 813-359-8990. If you're somebody that doesn't want to go online, you simply want to talk to people, you want to make a phone call, um, 813-359-8990, and you can text us there as well. And again, when we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at the Duncan Duo. We've got some cool giveaways coming soon. We're going to give away a signed lightning jersey on our social media channels. So if you're not following us and you want an opportunity for a signed Tampa Bay lightning jersey at no cost to you, make sure you're following us at the Duncan Duo 
on all of our social channels. And we'll be back. We're going to continue our conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan with the Duncan Duo team at LPT Realty. If you're thinking about a real estate career change or thinking about jumping on with the number one team in Florida, Hit us up at jointheduo.com. You can register for our career night or apply for any one of our open positions or book a consultation, even if you're not interested in our team, but you're interested in LPT Realty, a new cloud-based brokerage that is the fastest-growing real estate brokerage uh, in the country. Um, Just hit us up at jointheduo.com. I want to talk next about condo associations and homeowners associations. And, you know, it's interesting because um, there are a lot of people out there that – um, that don't understand the pros and cons of homeowners associations. And there are pros, right? There are cons. So I want to go through that a little bit because as you're deciding whether you're, you know, if you're going to buy a property in 2024 and you're deciding whether or not you want to be at a homeowners association community, this is the segment for you. So listen up. I'm going to give you some knowledge based on thousands and thousands of home sales, uh, customer feedback, uh, surveys that we've given to clients and surveys that I can see, uh, you know, homeowner satisfaction sh- surveys that, um, you know, large data organizations have done to determine this. And 89% um, of people um, feel that they have a very good, good or neutral, um, you know, uh, basically opinion uh, or satisfaction with their condo or homeowner association. The interesting thing that I found about this was the neutral part of it for me. They viewed the neutral as a positive. Uh, you're paying those people money. Uh, neutral to me is a negative. Like if you are really indifferent about your condo association, to me that's negative because you're paying the money. If you're paying something money, you should have a positive experience. And if you don't, to me that's negative. So when I read this, they said 89%. To me, it was kind of a pro, you know, a pro puff piece. This article I read about, you know, condo associations, in my opinion, 66% of the people had a positive rating, 34% did not. Um, And so why did the 34% not and why did the 66% say um, that they did? Condo associations and homeowners associations, they maintain order. They keep a community looking nice. They police the members to ensure that um, you know there's there's a certain standard or uniform that you know they they protect the property values by keeping people from you know parking stuff in the yard or you know not maintaining their property or trimming their shrubs. So the the downside of homeowners association those thirty four percent to me comes from when homeowners associations. Uh, tr- try and govern a little too much. They they try and over govern in a community, um, and and uh, they have the people that are driving around during the day because they don't have a job or they're retired and they just look for, you know, the simplest of little things. Or they have a vendetta against a neighbor, so they tell them their trees are off. Or, you know, they 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 find violations instead of really just using common sense. Unfortunately, um, you know, sometimes who is who is picked to govern in a condo or homeowners association it is a popularity contest everyone may like you know Susie from unit 203 but Susie from unit 203 may have absolutely no business sense no idea what her decisions are going to do from a financial perspective for the community um and and may have a very narrow view of what should or shouldn't happen her political alignment or belief system could relegate you to 
uh, you know, some loss in your community or a lot of hassles. So the the one third of people in the study that are disappointed with homeowners associations generally because of that. It's it's an overreach. It's too much governing. It's you know lack of common sense. Um, and and truthfully, um, just over the top, overzealous pursuit of you know paying attention to rules. So. Um, there are plenty of people that, that love rules or plenty of people don't. I'm personally not a homeowner association person. I don't know that I'll ever live in one. Uh, I even struggle thinking about having a vacation home in a condo because of the idea that um, the, 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 you're giving away the po- power of the asset, um, you know, financial control to other people because the, the people that are elected to serve in a condo or HOA make business decisions for the community. And if they make bad business decisions or they decide that they don't want to allow rentals or short-term rentals or they want to do this or they want to do that, it can dramatically affect your assets. So for me personally, I'm not an HOA person or or, or a COA person. There are plenty of people that are. Um, there are some great property managers or some great communities. And, and there are a lot of communities across Tampa Bay that have you know wonderful HOAs um, there are others that have HOAs that overreach pretty dramatically. So ask yourself, you know, kind of weigh it from best case scenario and worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is you get into an HOA that has, you know, kind of the Gestapo running around and flagging you because, you know, you parked uh, on the curb for nine minutes while you were bringing something into the house and leaving or, you know, your trees, uh, you know, you forgot to trim your trees for a week. So you, you got to ask yourself if that's going to really hassle you and bother you, their pursuit of protecting community, uh, then I would encourage you not to look at a homeowners association. If you're someone that loves order, uh, loves rules, loves being told what to do, uh, you know, then, then maybe the HOA is for you. So again, a lot of people are happy in their HOA communities. There's some great ones across Tampa Bay. But um, we, we've got a track record with some that aren't great and some feedback from customers. So if you want to know what those HOA communities are and you're thinking about buying a home, we can certainly provide those to you to help guide you in the right direction. So uh, we're going to be back. We're going to continue our conversation after a quick break here on the Dunkin' Duo Real Estate Show. So we're back here on the Dunkin' Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. If you're thinking about your home's value and you're curious what's going on in your neighborhood, Go to DuncanDuo.com or text us at 813-359-8990. Again, that's 813-359-8990. Just send us a text and say, interested in my value, and we'll reply back with more information. Um, Also, if you're thinking about a real estate career change, an opportunity with LPT Realty or my team, a lot of options for you. You can apply, you can set up a consultation, or you can come to Career Night. You can go to JoinTheDuo.com. Some smart strategies to pay off your mortgage fast without going broke. Um, as as we've talked to people through the years, as they near retirement age, one of the things that most people consider a goal of theirs is to get their mortgage paid off before they retire, because they want to not have that kind of around their, you know that you know that kind of, you know that burden that that you know that they have to pay every month. And so, there are uh, ways that you can use strategy to pay off your mortgage quicker while not making it feel uh, like you're doing so. One of those is make one extra payment each year. So if you make one extra payment each year, uh, every, you know, every 12 years, you're knocking off, um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to knock off a year. So the reality, or wait, my math on that may have not been right, but if you make one extra payment 
per year. Yeah, after every twelve, then you've knocked off a whole year. Uh, but you're also, per, you know, you're paying down the asset, so you're you're eventually going to uh, improve your equity position. Uh, you can add a little extra to each month uh, to your mortgage payment. You know, let's just say your mortgage payment is two thousand. You can make twenty one hundred dollars a month, and you're eating away at the principal. You're reducing your cost. You're reducing the interest that you pay. Uh, you can refinance to a shorter term loan. Um, I'm a big fan of 15 year mortgages for a lot of people. Um, the interest rate benefit, you know, it, it can be more advantageous in a 15 year mortgage. Um, and and truthfully, you know, 30 year mortgages, the likelihood that you're going to live in a home for 30 years today is just so slim. 15 year mortgages truly allow you the opportunity, you know, the chances of you paying it off while you're still there are much higher. Um, it, it stretches you a little bit, and it's an automated savings account. If you're someone who struggles with saving and putting away money, so there are a lot of people out there that that, that struggle, that, are, that have debt, that you know don't have the you know that don't pay themselves first, that aren't able to build a nest egg. A 15 year mortgage is an excellent option for you if you don't have financial discipline because it disciplines for you. You're going to pay off your mortgage while the value is going up. You're going to, you know, you're going to eventually have an asset and your your home can be more of an automated savings account for you where you think you're just paying a bill, but what you're really doing is funding your future uh, equity. So uh, you can refinance to a shorter um, loan. You don't, you also don't have to, um, you don't, you don't have to follow the bank's amortization schedule. You can create your own amortization schedule that's more aggressive and tactic than simply tossing a little extra cash in your mortgage principal each month. If done right, with your lender's help, an amortization schedule will mimic the effect of refinancing from a longer-term loan to a shorter-term period. So, for example, if you said, you know what, instead of, you know, I don't want to go all the way to a 15-year mortgage, but I'm in a 30-year mortgage, and I want to pay my mortgage off in, you know, 25 years. Well, you may not have five years of money sitting around to just lop five years off your payments. So what you can do is you can do the math to escalate and make you know higher payments over a period of time and have it grow. So you know if you're someone in a field that has your salary typically rise, you can kind of automate this process and tell yourself and earmark yourself what you're going to pay on your mortgage to pay it off quicker. One example would be. You know, let's just say that you're uh, you work in a, in the tech industry, and you know that you're gonna you know in ten years you're gonna make double or triple the amount of money. So you can kind of you know run an amortization schedule that has you paying you know kind of the the normal mortgage and have it kind of slowly escalate, and then at some point start escalating a little bit more aggressively in order to pay your loan off quicker. I had a friend a few years ago tell me that he didn't want to do a 15-year mortgage and he didn't want to do a 30, but they didn't have an option anything else. So he simply um, used his own you know, schedule to schedule himself paying it off in 23 years. That was his goal was to have his home paid off in 23. Uh, and can you really afford to pay off your mortgage early? Um, again, it depends on your financial goals and your spending. Maybe you can't, but even if you could just contribute a little bit extra to it, um, it, it's money that again is going into your equity. You have to think of it like an automated savings account. If you're if you're someone that has you know poor financial discipline, it can go um, you know it can go in a, in a really good direction for you to to improve your equity position and pay off your mortgage 
um, you know, a little bit quicker. So again, you're listening to the Duck and Do a Real Estate Show. When we are on air, make sure to follow us on our socials at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Facebook. We are on all the socials. I did a couple of videos this week that uh, one of them uh, was pretty funny, and it was basically that if you're getting into real estate because you want more free time, uh, you're going to be broke. So uh, you can watch that video on our social on our socials at the Duncan Duo. I know it's on Instagram and on my personal um, uh, Facebook. So finally, America's home inventory is rising. I mentioned this in the last segment that we are going to see inventory rise this year because sellers that bought didn't want to sell last year because they didn't, you know, that bought a few years ago, didn't want to sell last year because they didn't want to go out and get an 8% mortgage rate. Now they look at it and say, hey, I I can get a 5% mortgage rate. It's not quite the three that I have now, or I can get a high fives or a low sixes or, you know, everyone's credit score and, and you know, income's different. So it varies, but let's just say I can go out there and make that happen. That's close enough. And so what's happening is, and even people that have 4% interest rates when it's in the fives, now they're, they're back to looking to move again where they weren't when they were in the eights. So what's going to happen is we are going to see inventory rise. Now, in Tampa Bay, that inventory is going to get gobbled up because we have pent-up buyer demand. We have plenty of people sitting on the sidelines. Lower interest rates created uh, more buying power. It created more consumers able to buy, and it's knocking some people off the fence. Um, so that inventory is going to get gobbled up here. It's not always going to get gobbled up in other parts of the country. So where it's grown the most, okay? So regions where housing inventory um, is growing the most, the South Inventory was up 7.7%, okay? Um, and again, our increase in year-over-year active listings in Florida was 27%. Tampa came in a little lower than that, but what does that mean to you? It just means a few more options. When you hear a 20% increase in homes available for sale, people think, oh, goodness, that's going to be you know, that's going to hurt the market and it is not going to hurt the market. Those are going to lead to more transactions. That inventory is going to get bought. It's not going to sit. The The market needs more inventory. And in reality, a 20% increase in inventory from last year, which was basically the worst real estate market in terms of transactions in 20 years, uh, still doesn't get us on track with some of the um, anywhere near some of the highest inventory markets we've seen. So a 20% increase in inventory for Tampa Bay is pretty much nothing. It's going to have, uh, it's only going to increase the number of sales. It is not going to cause some sort of buyer's market. There will be more options, um, but but nonetheless, the housing markets with the biggest inventory jumps, uh, top 10 in the country, Tampa was not in that list. You Cape Coral, Florida, Eugene, Oregon, Fayetteville, North Carolina, Gulfport, Mississippi, Corpus Christi, Texas, Lafayette, Louisiana, Little Rock, Arkansas, Mobile, Alabama, Memphis, Tennessee, and Fort Wayne. So, uh, again, more inventory is coming, but it's not going to cause the, it's going to impact the real estate market positively, not negatively. The 10 best and 10 worst states for retirement in 2024. So, it's interesting because. Um, we know that Florida has always been a dominant state when it comes to retirement. We know that people of all people in the Midwest and in the North have always wanted to get to Florida. They've also always seen it as more affordable compared to prices in a lot of the markets that uh, that, that that either people live in and, and come here from, 
or other markets that are coastal, like you know California, for example. So here are the 10 states, and guess what? Number one on the list is Florida. Number two is Colorado, and I just want to say those people are crazy and stoned if they want to go to Colorado and retire because it's freezing there. Uh, Virginia, Delaware, Wyoming, Idaho, New Hampshire, Minnesota, Montana, and Pennsylvania. The worst states to retire in, which this I found rather interesting, uh, Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky was considered the worst state to retire in despite having one of the lowest median home prices in the country. Apparently, people just don't love Kentucky basketball enough to want to retire there. Uh, New Jersey, Mississippi, Rhode Island, Oklahoma, Louisiana, New York, which doesn't surprise me at all, Washington, Arkansas, Illinois, all are the 10 worst states to retire in. So why does Florida continue to be and Tampa Bay continue to be such a thriving area for retirement? Our, our, our home prices, despite having risen you know, over the last few years, are still affordable compared to other parts of the country. Um, our climate, we, we've avoided some, you know, any catastrophic storms. So our, our weather is very good. We're very pro-business and, and, and uh, you know, so we have low income taxes. And, and truthfully, because Florida has always been a retirement community, has a lot of infrastructure built around retirees, you know, handicap accessible hospitals, uh, handicap accessible areas, hospitals, those were two separate things, uh, hospitals that are catering to uh, retirees, uh, golf uh, the weather, um, you know, as people retire, they don't like to be in the cold as much. So it's a little more challenging on their body. They like to be in the warm. Um, and and I think just in general, a community that's always been branded as a retirement community with beaches and waterfront. So we're always going to stand out as a retirement community. We're always going to be in that top 10 list. Um, you know, I, I can't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, that that is a, a major driver of the Tampa Bay real estate market, and probably probably always will be. Um, so when we are not when we aren't on air again at the Duncan Duo, go to DuncanDuo.com if you're curious what's going on in your neighborhood. You want to know what your neighbor's home sold for. You want to know uh, what's going on. What you know, how long the homes have been sitting. Uh, what automated evaluation. What numbers your your home value looks like. And uh, you can go to DuncanDuo.com to do that. And we'll be back. We're going to wrap up with the last segment after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show, talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. One of the phenomenons that's happened the last few years in Tampa Bay, and it's interesting because this was much more common out west, and it, and it's really kind of brought itself here. Um, you know, and it's it's kind of coming soon in pocket listings and homes that aren't yet available. Um, if you look at real estate in like Beverly Hills and Hollywood and a lot of the celebrity real estate, a lot of the activity in that real estate market is is handled off market. You know, private sales. You know, not not advertised on the listing service. Never hits Zillow or Realtor.com or MLS. So it's it's actually translated here, and there are a lot more deals happening off market or sold before they ever hit the market. So. You know, I want to talk about some of our homes that are coming soon to the marketplace um, in case there's someone out there uh, interested in them or they want this same kind of exposure for their property. Um, we have a uh, an, an 8,000 square foot home on 10 plus acres. This is a super luxurious home with a with a, a guest house, incredible pool, just palatial, incredible property in Lakeland coming on the market for $2 million. Um, we have a South Tampa 
uh, three-bedroom, three-bath, just a few houses off Bayshore, south of Gandy. Uh, incredible renovation. Uh, that's coming on the market for 875000 We also have a home um, coming soon to the marketplace in 33629 South Tampa, probably around an $800,000 house with a pool, going through a massive renovation right now, 2,000-square-foot uh, house, uh, three or four bedrooms, depending on how it gets laid out. Um, but, but nonetheless, a lot of luxury real estate and a lot of the high-end sells that way. Um, we're, we're talking to a client about a $2.5 million downtown luxury waterfront St. Pete condo. So if you have a high-end property and you want that kind of exposure or you're someone that fits the criteria uh, and you're interested in one of the properties I just spoke about and you want more details, send us a message on one of our socials at the Duncan Duo or te- call or text 813-359-8990 and mention that you heard me talk about a property on the radio show. We'll make sure to get you to the right place. Um, but but again, it's, it's something that happens and is going to continue to happen in the high end of our real estate market because there is enough demand and consumers in that space want something unique. And there's a psychological aspect that comes along with why pocket listings and on coming soon and off-market sales have happened because you want something that no one else knows about and you want something that other people, you know, you want kind of an inside track. So um, there have been some lawsuits over it. MLS settled a pocket, you know, one of the MLS has settled a pocket listing lawsuit the other day, but it's something that's going to continue to evolve. You're going to see more and more real estate agents look at these creative strategies to sell real estate versus just kind of putting it into the MLS. So those creative strategies are what help um, gain traction, uh, especially for unique properties. The more unique a property, the more unique the marketing approach needs to be. Um, it, it can't just take the same kind of rubber stamp. Hey, this is what we do for listings. You know, cl- you know, here you go. When you have a unique property, it needs a unique approach. Um, and the coming soon aspect, um, you know, can create a sale. The other thing those coming soon programs do and those pocket listings do is almost create pent up demand for the house. We've had it happen where we've uh, been in a neighborhood. Um, and, and, you know, the neighbors kind of figure out that we're a realtor. They, you know, they kind of know who we are or they see me and they know it's me and they know a home's coming on the market, but it's not yet there. And they, it makes, makes them tell their friends. It makes them want it more. They want kind of an inside track. Please let me know when it's going to hit the market. And that coming soon advertising can kind of create this pent up demand that when the market does, if it doesn't sell in an off market, you know, kind of coming soon pocket listing environment. When it does hit the market, it's got this you know slew of people that are kind of ready for the product. Think of what you know Best Buy and Walmart, some of the Amazon, some of the largest retailers in the world do for Black Friday. They tease the products and say, "Hey, look, this is what we have coming, but you can't buy it yet. You got to you got to pay attention because it's going to come on the market this day." There's a lot of really savvy real estate agents, us included, that use that strategy to create traction for the homes that we sell, and either sometimes sell them before they ever hit the market um, or uh, create a pent-up demand so that when it does hit the market, uh, it hits the market with force and, you know, the the market responds and it creates, um, you know, traction and energy that can sometimes fuel more than one person interested in the house. Um, you know, the, that that strategy can create a bidding war because you're you're piling up the people before you kind of press the button to uh, truly allow someone to see the property or act, you're just saying, "Hey, look, it's it's coming." Um, so again, the agreements vary from you know property to property, and and you know the right path varies from property to property. But it is something that's common, something that we do, 
And, um, you know, I mentioned a few of our luxury properties that we have uh, coming on the market in the, um, you know, in the next coming days. So when we aren't on air again at the Duncan Duo, you want your free home value estimate, go to DuncanDuo.com or text us at 813-359-8990. And if you're a real estate agent, jump on the LPT Realty bandwagon. You are missing out incredible benefits uh, that expire this coming week. Some of those benefits are going to change that if you join later, you're going to miss out. Um, so again, join the duo.com, hit us up, and we would love to make sure that you get all the benefits uh, afforded to you and all the opportunities available to you uh, with LPT Realty at jointheduo.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and have an awesome rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay.